Good evening, Soma family. How good was our worship team? Can you please show them some love? Man, we are so blessed to have Jody on the bass. We have Angel on the drums. We have Chris... Crystal, why was I going to say Krista? Krista leading uh, guitar and singing. And then we had John Shapiro over here, like, slapping the guitar. And uh, and then, of course, we got Sam Santos is back in the house. Dude, so blessed. Thank you. Uh, so blessed to have you guys. Man, this is such an awesome team to be on. Uh, of course, the Connection Corner will uh, give you an opportunity to be on a cool team like that. So talk to my girl, Amanda Vase. By the way, Amanda Vase, it's her first time doing Connection Corner today. Uh, so just thank you guys so much. And then the cafe is already gone. So thank you, cafe, for keeping us highly caffeinated. Thank you very much. My name is Kelly. If this is your very first time, I'm the college and young adult pastor here. And uh, you'll see a lot of me. And I uh, hope we can be friends. Uh, afterwards, we're going to hang out. But we have a lot of ground to cover. Obviously, we're in a series called what? Adulting, Adulting 101, where we define wisdom as... Being able to decipher what God's will is in every single situation of your life. See, we are defining wisdom with your, like, or even, let's say wisdom and maturity are like the same thing because a lot of us think we're mature, and so you should be wise. So if you are mature, you should be able to discern what God's will is in any situation of your life. Now, Obviously, not all of us have that ability to do that all the time. So we're constantly maturing. And as you're able to discern what God's will is, you are becoming more mature. So the series is, is exactly what, that, you know, what I'm trying to say. Our series is trying to make us more mature. We are trying to adult, okay? And I'm going to try to adult in this sermon by discovering a new topic, of adulting. The, today's topic of adulting is really the, it can, it could be, it, it's, it's not like something you would put at the headline of, of, of an Instagram topic. Like people are not going to like this topic. You are going to hear the title of this topic and you're going to be like, oh brother. <laughs> or if you are a brother, you'll be like, oh sister. Because the title of this topic is something that might take you back to times in your life where you have, you know, made mistakes or you woke up late or you forgot to, you know, leave the house with, you know, shoes on or, you know, you're going you're gonna to instantly be taken back to a time where you're not the most proud of. But hopefully at the end of this message, you will leave better. Hopefully by the end of this message, you will be equipped to make better decisions and leave with fewer regret re, or live with fewer regrets so make better decisions and live with fewer regrets today's topic is responsibility <laughs> exactly that's exactly the response i expected anyways um, what's your greatest what what is your greatest ability in life what do you think what do you think your greatest ability in life is um, in middle school, there used to be this kid who used to be able to pop his like shoulder out of a socket, <laughs> right? You think uh, you think you were the only one? Uh, no, there's this kid. He used to do it. He's like, boom! Hey, look what I can do! And he can like grab my pencil with his shoulder blade. Like, it was the weirdest thing ever. So, what do you think your greatest ability was? Is just shout it out. Sleeping. Sleeping. What else? Hugging. Oh. 
do it. Is that Sebastian? All right. Um, story time. Storytelling. Yes, I agree. You have a really strong ability. Um, but most of you did not say response ability. Right? That's what makes us separate from humans, uh, I mean, from animals. <laughs> Thank you. Your ability to respond to any situation in your life is what makes you different from animals. Right? Uh, you may not be able to determine where you, where you are born or what parents you have or even what, like, disabilities you even, you know, are born with. Uh, but you are able to respond to the circumstances that you're in. You're able to make a choice, assess the situation, and respond. And that makes you so unique. And that's probably one of God's greatest abilities he's given you that sometimes we don't take advantage of so often, at least for me in my life. Um, there's a guy, he's really smart. He's, he trains leaders. His name is Winston Churchill. And he says, the price to greatness is responsibility. The price to greatness is responsibility. That, if, if, if there's anybody in here that wants to grow up and lead anything, you want to lead a family, lead a child, you know, lead a movement, lead a ministry, lead an organization, or even lead yourself, the price is going to cost you responsibility. But the question, I got two questions. The first question I want to ask is, why is uh, irresponsibility so irresistible? Why is irresponsibility so irresistible? And, um, and I believe there's three reasons. There's three reasons. There's three beliefs that, that trap us into living irresponsible lives. There's three beliefs. And the reason why I call them beliefs is because your beliefs usually precede behavior. Your behavior is a result of what you believe. You know that, right? See, a lot of times, if there's something that we don't like about our lives, there's something that we want to change, it needs to start with what we believe about ourselves. You can't just tackle behavior. That's just a short-time fix. You have to tackle the belief because beliefs determine your behavior. And there's three beliefs in this society that just sucks us into irresponsibility. The first is, is we are a society that is obsessed with rights. You have the, I have the right to remain silent. You know, I, I plead the fifth, right? Like, you know, like, you know, you just have, we're just obsessed with rights. And, um, I was, well, I didn't read a news report. Somebody told me about a news report uh, by John Lewis, and he, he, and he explained all the different rights. And here's some of the rights that I, I read is, is criminal rights, animal rights, abortion rights, Rights to have, um, rights to know the sex of a fetus, rights to carry an AK-47 for hunting purposes, clearly. Um, the right to not be tested for AIDS, the rights to, tell some, to not tell somebody, the right to not tell somebody that you're infected. You have the right to die, and a damaged fetus has a right to not be born. We're a society affected that, that is infected by this belief that rights are the most important thing about us. And I will utilize my rights to be irresponsible if I have to. And you don't have the right to tell me otherwise. Second, we, we are a society that has fallen victim to victim mentality. 
Victim mentality, that's number two, victim mentality. And victim mentality pretty much means that none of my problems are my fault. Uh, It's your fault. It's your fault, mom, that I'm acting like this. It's your fault, society, that I behave like this. It's your fault, teachers, the education board. I mean, we just get, we just get so caught up in victim thinking, and it prohibits us from living responsibly. There's an example of, um, of this guy in, in uh, Frame, Framingham, Massachusetts. Dang, I practiced that all night. Framingham, Framing, Fra- Framingham, Massachusetts. All right. Okay, so this is a situation. It's a park, right? In Massachusetts, or in, in the M, there's this parking lot. This kid steals a car in this parking lot, drives off, runs into something, and dies. The thief dies. The, the, the mom of the kid then sues the parking lot for not having procedures in place for keeping this from happening. Right? It's not the thief's fault. It's clearly the parking lot owner's fault. Right? You're shaking your head because you work for, you know, the police department, so you know that there's stuff like this. And it's ridiculous because people have this victim mentality that, that says, it's not my fault. It's your fault. And the third belief that we fall victim to is entitlement. Entitlement. Oh, this, t- this is a tough one. Because um, <laughs> I-, I fall victim of this, too, because I get so frustrated when I have very little battery on my phone. I get, seriously, I'm like, dude, what is going on? I, I get really, like, so, like, here's, my life is transformed by how much, like, by how many, like, like, service bars I have on my T-Mobile. And first of all, I know I have T-Mobile. Don't judge me. I know it's the worst out of all of them. But, but here's the thing. Like, I have a phone. I have a phone that talks to space. And then it comes down and then talks to you. Like, it's crazy. Like, I remember when I used to have this rotary phone that would, like, turn and click and it was, like, making sparks and it would talk to somebody else. It was the weirdest thing. And if they had two zeros in it, and I would, like, dang it, why do they have two zeros in their phone number? But you guys don't know what rotary phones are. So, uh, so I'll give you a more legitimate Example, I used to have a pager, and a pager is like, is like a, ca- you know what I'm talking about. So in case you don't know what a pager is, or a beeper, um, it's like a calculator that like talks to other people's calculators, and then they, they, they tell you a number so that you can get into a payphone, and then hopefully you have change, and then you can call them back, and hopefully they're home, and if they're not home, then it goes to a voicemail, and then they paid you back to tell you, and then you have to pull the car. You get it. Super inconvenient, but now I have a phone that is smart. Like, literally, I get so frustrated. I get frustrated when I have airplane delays, right? But think about it. If I'm going from California to Florida, all I have to do is sit in a chair in the sky for four hours. <laughs> like, like, I'm so entitled. 
If I get a one-hour delay, if I was like in the like, you know, 1800s and I wanted to go to Florida, I would like, it would take me months and I would like have children and I would be like, <laughs> it would take forever if, if I even made it, <laughs> right? We are a society that is really entitled. We are, we really are. So the question that I want us to ask today this is the question, all right? Write this down if it's not in your notes. Is why should I live a responsible life? Why should I? When being irresponsible is so irresistible. It really is, especially in this, in this day and age. Can, we, can you pray with me as we jump into God's word and see what he has to say about tonight? Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for another chance to read your word and let it transform us. You say that your word never returns void. So I pray for my heart, I pray for our heart, that we would be good soil. That when that seed is planted, it would bear so much fruit. For my Monday, for my Tuesday, for my relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So why? Why, 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 why? Why do I have to be responsible? <laughs> That's what I say when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> I do. And if you're taking notes, the first reason why is probably one of the greatest reasons why is because God is watching you, Warner. <laughs> He's watching. Taking notes. But that's also a good thing, because God is watching. God is watching, even when you think nobody else is. It's a good thing. It also can be a bad thing. Yes, it can be. Hebrews 4.13 says this, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him, to whom we must give an account. I'm going to read that again slowly, deliberately. It says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. See, nothing in all creation is hidden. See, (laughs) I don't know if you listen to a lot of music you probably do but a common pop lyric is nobody has to know right a, a common a common lyric in in a, in a song is hey shh nobody has to know first of all it's the creepiest lyric but it's <laughs> but it's also very common that it's okay to behave like this as long as we don't get caught ooh I hope we don't live that way, but if you do, let me just let you know, too late. God saw it all. Like, God sees it, right? Because he made you, and he wants a return on his investment. So he's watching to see what you're going to do with this life that he gave you. And he's way more interested in developing your character than he is about counting your achievements. Because it says we all must give an account, like an audit. And I know 
you guys may not do taxes yet. I didn't start until I was like 25-ish. But he will someday reward you for the deeds that were done in private. And we can never use the excuse that nobody will know or nobody has to know because the most important person knows. See, God's way more, way more, like, he is way more concerned about your character. And uh, of the functional definition of character, here it comes. If you're writing notes, this is like a definition that I conjured up somehow. Um, And so here's the definition of character. Character is who you are when no one is looking. Character is who you are when no one is looking. Right? God's not, like, counting your bank account super impressed with all those zeros. No, he doesn't want your money. He wants what your money represents, your heart. God is not seeing you climb some sort of organizational ladder and being like, yeah. No, he wants to build your character. And if you sacrifice your character to build a company or organization, then that doesn't count. I've heard it said this way, that uh, character... Like, let's just say, oh, character, no, it's, it's a British illustration. Here's a British illustration. <laughs> Very British. It's definitely not me. A true gentleman is a gentleman who uses the butter knife when nobody else is around. <laughs> a butter knife is, is a knife that doesn't really have any serrated edge. <laughs> like, nobody uses butter knives anyway. So, all right, so a butter knife you would use in normally in a, in a fancy, elegant situation, right, to like, oh, I'm a gentleman. Like, I'm going to use a separate knife other than the one that I'm using to eat my own food to serve you and to serve myself so that our food doesn't get con- contaminated, right? Right? That's a butter knife. So a true gentleman would still use a butter knife even when he's not serving anybody and even when no one's looking at, and whatever. All right, next illustration. God is watching. God is watching. Just like the NSA. All right. So the second biggest excuse. So the first excuse we use is that no one's watching. It gives us an excuse to be irresponsible. I get it. The second excuse that we like to use is that nobody will get hurt. Nobody get hurt. As long as as I don't hurt anybody, it's okay to do whatever I want to do. Right? That's a lie that we believe. But the truth is... Um, others are affected because we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. For instance, who, who likes to go on boats? I don't want to take anybody on a boat with me who doesn't want to go. Wow, a lot of you guys. We got to do a boat trip. All right. All right. So, okay, Neil, you're on the boat. Um, uh, okay, Haley, you, can, you have to get to be on the boat. Who else gets to be on the boat? All right. Um, Michelle and Sebastian. Okay, you guys are on the boat. Okay. So, so if I went on the boat with, you know, Michelle, Sebastian, Haley, and, and you know, uh, 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 Neil, and I said, okay, Neil, here's your one foot of space, here's, you know, Sebastian's foot of space, here's Haley's foot of space, and here's my foot of space, oh yeah, Michelle, here's your foot of space too. And like, whatever I do with my space, it's none of your business, until I pull out a drill, right? <laughs> and... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right? Right? 
Oh, now you had a problem, right? right? <laughs> now you got a problem. Like, but the reality is, is that when somebody usually says, hey, as long as no one gets hurt, it's okay. And, and most of us will be like, oh, yeah, that's good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the Bible says this. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. You know why? Because as a human, human culture, humanity is all in the same boat. There's nothing we do that is divorced from affecting one another. There's nothing that happens that is not a result of a chain of events. We can't use the excuse anymore that nobody has to know or that nobody is affected because we're all in the same boat. Anytime, anytime we behave irresponsibly, we're essentially asking somebody else who is more responsible to shoulder the burden that you left behind. Anytime, seriously, I, anytime like I behave irresponsibly by not refilling the toilet paper, right? I'm essentially asking Michelle, will you put the toilet paper, like refill the toilet paper roll because I was too lazy to throw the old one away and replace it with the new one? That's essentially what I'm asking. It's true. Whenever you're irresponsible, you are essentially asking somebody else who's more responsible than you to shoulder the burden that you left behind. My friend, uh, who, he's got like three kids. He's a pastor friend of mine. Uh, he's got three kids. And uh, I heard him tell this story. And it was like so funny to me. You may not laugh, uh, but hopefully you do. I don't know. Um, and, he, and he wants to teach this like lesson to his children right, about irresponsibility and what it does. So anytime, like, his kid, like, leaves a towel on the floor, and he's got, like, three kids, so he's like, okay, um, child, come. <laughs> I don't know the kids' names. Uh, child of mine. You see this towel? And the kid's like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot that. Now. And he's like, no, 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 don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. I want you to ask me to pick up the towel. I want you to say this. Dad, will you pick up the towel that I left behind because I was too lazy to put it away? Every time. And, and the kids are like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, no, no. I want you to say, Dad, will you pick up my mess because I was irresponsible? Right? And anytime, and anytime there's like dirty, you know, chonies in the bathroom... He'll, he'll say to his child, he's like, child, come up here. And they see the underwear. And he's like, oh, no, no. I'm just, no, no, no. What I want you to do is call your mom. And say, mom, will you pick up my dirty chonies? Because I was too lazy to pick them up and put them in the dirty laundry. Right? He, right? The reason why he did that is to help his kids understand that anytime we are irresponsible, we are essentially asking somebody else to shoulder the burden that we left behind. Because we are all connected. There's no such thing as not affecting others. So how did we get this way? How did we get this way? Genesis chapter 3. You guys are familiar with the story. It's a very famous conversation between um, God and man. 
This is after the fall. After the fall. And, and, and this is how, how it happened. Genesis 3, 8, 1 through 13. It said this, it says this. Then man, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Pause. <clears throat> All right. Hiding from God, kind of a, kind of a dumb, dumb move, like very rookie mistake. It's not like you can hide. Like, seriously, think about it. Like, like you just sinned, and you're like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll hide from God. That's as silly as me trying to hide in plain sight. Like, like, it's like closing your eyes and pretending no one can see you. Right? Wait, the reason why we do stupid things when we're dumb is because we learn it from Adam. All right. We do, we do stupid things when we sin. We do. When we sin, we can't even think straight. We do dumb things like trying to hide from God. And that may be a reason why some people are not sitting here today. Because they're, they're, they're struggling with the guilt that they have. And the only person that can remove that guilt is in this room. So I hope you're watching on YouTube. All right. <laughs> Continue, verse 9. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? <laughs> it's not like he doesn't know. You know, God knows. It's like a parent who's like, did you eat the cookies? As the kid like has like chocolate on his face. Uh, anyways, he answered the man, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Uh, logic is follows, you know, <laughs> I follow the logic. Uh, Verse 11, God said, who, who told you you were, you were naked? Everything was fine yesterday. <laughs> have, you, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? <gasps> what? <laughs> See, in a society where everybody takes responsibility for their actions, you don't need a whole lot of rules. See, there was a whole lot of responsibility in the garden and only one rule, and he broke it. Let's see how Adam responds. Yes, I did. And I take full responsibility for my actions. Do with me what you will, but leave Eve out of it. She's innocent. See, the reason why, see, the reason why most of you aren't laughing is because you don't read your Bible. (laughs) Because If that conversation, if Adam took full responsibility for his actions, we would be in a completely different situation. All right. Adam was not like, I protect the honor of my wife. That was not the conversation. That's not how Adam responded. This is how Adam actually responded. Verse 12. The man said, the woman The woman you put here with me, I didn't even want a woman. I didn't know what a woman was. I just went to sleep. I woke up with a sore rib and she was just hovering over me. She did it. She gave me the fruit. Man, you know what? Leave me out of this. This is between you and her. This is your fault and her fault. I'll just stand back and watch. That's that's how it really went down. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, 
the serpent. The serpent deceived me and I ate it. Then the, you know, and the story continues and God said to the serpent, like, what did you do? And he's like, it was my idea. No problem. I, I'll take credit. Um, we need to stop the blame game. See, irresponsibility ultimately becomes somebody else's responsibility to become, you know, to shoulder the, 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 the mess that we make. But what would it look like if we stopped blaming one another, blaming, blaming one another and being entitled and, and playing this victim mentality? What if that stopped and we actually took responsibilities for our actions? So why should we live a responsible life? Well, it's because God is watching both the good and the bad. Nothing goes unnoticed in your life. Nothing goes unnoticed. And two, the reason why we should be responsible is because other people are affected. And three, I want you to catch this with the rest of our time here, is because you were made responsible. You were designed with a lot of responsibility. You were made to be responsible. You are the happiest when you are responsible. I've never met a happy, irresponsible person. They're always trying to play catch-up or something. And they got plenty of plans, but they don't do anything with it. You are the happiest when you are the, you, when you're responsible. Genesis 1, in the beginning. See, the interesting thing about how God created us responsible, it's, it, is, it flies in the face of secular humanism. I mean, our, um, you know, Satan has really deceived us. Into, into believing macro evolution, it's, it's almost as if he's bamboozled us completely into believing that and that the, the most intelligent way of thinking is not intelligent design, but, into, but believing macro evolution. And I, I'm not going to bash macro evolution. I'm a, I, you know, I'm a fan of micro evolution. I'll, I'll go with you there, but I won't go with you to macro evolution. And, and what that is essentially is is that once upon a time, there was a large bang. Boom. Tell me that doesn't require faith. And that large bang turned into one cell. And that one cell turned into two cells. And that two cells turned into four cells. And that four cells turned into like a little tadpole swimming through, through the water, Right? And that tadpole jumped up on land and turned into a frog. And that frog turned into a bunny. And that bunny turned into a dog. And that dog turned into a monkey. And that monkey, you know, walked into Target and got a shaver and shaved his whole body. (laughs) And that's how we came to be. You went from goo to you by the way of the zoo. But Genesis 1... Genesis 1 tells us a very different story. It tells us. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image to be responsible. In the image of God, he created the male and female. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in numbers. Wait, God, I don't have a job. That's okay. Make babies. Wait, I don't know where we're going to live. That's okay. Make babies. I don't know how... How, how am I going to do this? Like, you know, the rest of my life, how am I going to raise them? It's okay. Be fruitful. Make babies. 
Lots of responsibility, no rules except one. Because God made us to be responsible. Let's, let's finish the verse. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. See, in a society where everybody is responsible for their part, you don't need a lot of rules. When everybody takes responsibility for their own stuff, you don't need a lot of rules. It's true in a nation, it's true in a country, it's true in a family, and it's true in your life. So why should we be responsible? God is watching. Other people are affected. And you were just simply created to be responsible. Um, on the back of your paper, there's a pad. If I can get the uh, whiteboard. It's really important that we understand this, um, <clears throat> this illustration. I believe that this will help you solve most of your relational problems. That's a bonus. And most of the time, this will also solve a lot of your conflicts, and hopefully this will help you keep a job. This is responsibility pie. You guys like pie? I like pie. I love, love, I love pecan pie, actually. Pecan pie. I really do. Just pecans, and I don't even know what it's made of. Just gush and crunch and, so, and, and sweetness. Um, imagine that this pie represents all the chaos and whatever you're going through. It's going to be a hard transition, guys. Stop laughing. <laughs> imagine... This pie represents all the chaos in your life, in your school. Like, oh, I'm getting bad grades. This sucks, man. It's my, my teacher's fault. They're like, you know, whatever. Um, oh, maybe this represents the conflict between you and your parents. Or maybe this pie represents, like, the percentage of conflict just in whatever area of your life imaginable, in any single situation. What I want you to do is identify what part, what percentage are you actually responsible for out of it? I know you're not responsible for all of it, but maybe you're just responsible for like 2%. You know what I'm talk- talking about? Let's just say, psh, psh, it's never this big, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> and here's the thing. I give this advice to a lot of people, and nobody takes my advice, and I don't know if you guys will either. So, all right. So when we play the blame game, we say, oh, it's the education system. It's my mom. It's my, you know, it's my dad. Oh, it's my past. You know, it's my boyfriend. It's my girlfriend. You know, if they didn't act this way, then I wouldn't behave this way, right? When we, we tend to focus on everything but what we are responsible for when it comes to conflict. Please just shake your head if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, cool. I'm just trying to help you understand. So, you know, this is 100%. This is 10%. Is this clear so far? I'm just... Having a hard time (laughs) explaining this. All right. So this week, this is all I want you to do. All I want you to do. Responsibility pie. (laughs) What I want you to do is focus on your piece of the pie. Without, I'm not saying it's all, all, you know, it's all your fault. I'm not saying it's all your fault. Whatever the situation is. I'm not, I'm not saying it's all your fault. All I'm saying is that instead of letting them know what, what their problem is, focus just on what you can do. And imagine, 
the reality is, is that whenever, like, you do counseling, whenever you, you talk about conflict resolution, when you have two people and they're focusing on the things that they're not responsible for, that relationship does not make progress. No, it does not. It is going to crash and burn into a fiery pit. But whenever you get two people to only focus on their percentage of their pie, if you get two people who only focus on just what they can do, that relationship will make progress. Because you can either make progress or make excuses. But you can't have both. You get what I'm saying? You can write that down. You can either make excuses or make progress, but you cannot have both. My challenge for us tonight is to focus on our responsibility because that's how we are going to grow in wisdom and in truth when it comes to following God. That's the first application. I got one more application. All right? Responsibility pie. I'm going to eat that all week. All right? I want you to eat that all week, please. See if that does not enhance the quality of your relationships. The second thing you need to do to learn responsibility and to grow in wisdom is you need to read Proverbs every day for the rest of your life. You just do. There's 31 chapters. Read a chapter a day. The pastor that uh, like gave me this idea, he said, for the rest of your life, I can't tell you to do something I haven't completely done. Uh, so I can just say, read the book of Proverbs every day for at least three years and see if that does not teach you how to spend your money better, how to treat one another better, how to, how to pick jobs and, and pick people to be around. That book will set you straight. So that's my second challenge. But the first challenge, eat your responsibility pie and let's start getting wise by reading God's word. Let's pray. Ben, you can come up. Father, Thank you for, um, for making us responsible. Thank you that nobody else has to take responsibility for my irresponsibility that I choose to today. To be responsible this week with my relationships, with my finances, with my education, with my friends. Father, thank you that, that because I have been irresponsible in the past, you brought your son Jesus to do the very thing that I could not, which is save me from the penalty of my irresponsibility. Lord, I ask that you would strengthen us this week to walk in the new life that you've given us in Christ Jesus. That you would strengthen us and give us this new life, this new responsible, responsible life that we can then go ahead and impart onto others so that we would be vessels that follow you and bring others into a closer relationship with you because we choose to take responsibility. Thank you that you, that you see us, that there's nothing that goes unnoticed, that even if we are unheard in our relationships, we know that you hear us. We know that you hear us even when we don't feel heard. And I pray that even in this last worship song that we would talk to you 
and we would know that you listen and you hear us. We know that you're watching our behaviors, even if nobody sees the good or, you know, or sees the discomfort that we are holding in our relationships, we know that you see us. And that's good enough. Father, forgive me that I've acted irresponsible and, I've, and, and other people have, have, have shouldered the burden of my mistakes. I pray that you would cover them and you would cover me. And the next possible opportunity for me to take ownership over my junk, I pray that I would. And you would strengthen me for that, for that moment. And Father, I pray that I would walk into the person that you've already created me to be, and that's responsible. Thank you for this life. Thank you for this world that I get to live in and play the part that you've called me to live.